Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Here we go. We are live. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Got a special treat for you today. His name is Dan Duran, the marketing man. And a lot of you guys know Dan, and we're going to be talking about this. So Dan reached out to me out of the blue the other day. And it's funny because I'd been thinking about him, and uh, it just kind of happened. And I think, uh, you know, this is going to be a real good interview. And so I'm excited about this because I owe a lot of my success to Dan Duran. A lot of what you hear me harp on all the time on this podcast of we're not in the real estate business, we're in the marketing business, right? Get right. the marketing done for you in spite of you. That's from Dan Duran. <laughs> He's the guy. So I am super pumped and excited about this podcast. And uh, I don't want to waste any more of Dan's time because it's really valuable. And I'm glad you're here, Dan. How are you? Joe, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks so much for having me on, and I'm, and I'm glad you're, uh, you're getting use out of all those things that, that we taught you. <laughs> Man, I can't tell you how many hours and hours I spent listening to your CDs in the car, burning them onto my uh, MP3 player and listening to them over and over and over again. I remember, you know, some of my best memories were the, the you used to have on your boot camps, like a panel of experts. Right. And uh, you would always joke like how um, people don't believe what you say, but right. when you put the panel of experts, they'll say the same thing and they get all excited about them. That's an, excellent, that? that's an excellent marketing lesson. Yes. Uh, yes. The tendency of everybody to want to brag, you know, I mean, you want to know about me? Oh, let me tell you, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. Eh, don't brag. Uh, get someone else to brag about you. That's much better. Yes. Well, I realized that later on as I've started teaching and coaching and doing workshops and events and things like that. It's like, I can, when I say I've done a deal, yeah, people maybe don't believe it or don't care. But when I can show them a client that's done a deal, I get so excited because I know the impact that's going to have on other people to inspire them and get them excited about the business. So anyway, I'm glad you're here, Dan. Some people don't know who you are. Some people do. Uh, would you just please give us a quick introduction? You've been in the business a long time. You're one of the people that I look up to, and I've learned so much from you. But how did you get started in the business way, way back in the um, – I don't, I don't want to date you. so <laughs> It's okay. Hey, you're, you're either getting older or you're dead, you know? So I'm, 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 I'm proud to be alive. Well, uh, I started out in the early 80s as a sales trainer, of all things. And um, – that was great because anything you do has two things in it always. Well, three, sales, marketing, and mindset. And so those are the three things that I really specialized in throughout my life. Got into marketing in the 90s uh, with uh, Dan Kennedy. And it was through Dan Kennedy that I met uh, Ron LeGrand. And uh, <laughs> it's a kind of a cute story about Ron. I think he's great. If you haven't taken his course, you should. You know, the basic one. Um, I'm sure you have a lot of cute stories about Ron LeGrand. Well, listen, you're going to love this. So this is the first time I met him. I went up to him in the back of uh, Kennedy's workshop. And I said, hey, Dan told me I should talk to you about uh, real estate. So he gave me about, a, I don't know, one minute pitch. And he goes, but it probably won't work where you live. And he turned and walked away. And I said, oh my gosh, what an arrogant SOB. More arrogant than me. I got to go follow this. <laughs> so that was, the, uh, that was the initial with me and Ron. 
Yeah, I've had Ron on my podcast. Yeah. Um, I like Ron a lot, but he could sometimes be just a, he's one of the most smartest guys out there, right? Like I give him kudos, but he can be a little grouchy. <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. But so anyway, okay, that was in the eighties. Is that what you said? I started in the eighties with sales training and uh, read over 900 sales books by the time I was 29, uh, which is a little bit, we're going to talk about that today. It's called overachieving. And, and you think that's good. It's really not. Um, and then, I mean, like the third book, I could have stopped. And then in the, in, in the 90s, I got uh, into marketing. And then I also got into coaching at that same time. I've been coaching since about 92. And then I always wanted to get into real estate for you know, a long, long time. I took my first real estate course back in, in the mid 80s. Uh, and, and, and then in 02, there was, of course, uh, or whatever it was, 01, 9-11. As soon as 9-11 happened, it was a really good time. You know, my business kind of took a dip like everything did because it slowed down. And I said, let me get into real estate. I did, and uh, and I got in with one reason and one reason only. I wanted to teach sales, marketing, and personal development training, you know, for real estate entrepreneurs. And then I ran into uh, Roop accidentally. Richard Roop was a great guy. And you mentioned the panels. Interesting thing that happened. Over time, all we did was panels. We would do just a bit of, a bit of content and then we'd say, okay, let's, let's see the practical application of this. Because we had all the detailed content, you know, on CDs and stuff like that. So, interesting. That. That is, that is great. Um, I love panels as well. Like when I go to an event, uh, I remember at the time when I got your courses and stuff, I couldn't afford to go to the boot camps. And, but I bought the courses. I devoured them. I probably, well, you guys came out with at least two or three. I bought your uh, door knocking course. Do you remember yeah. that course? Yeah. How to, go, how to, um, how to use door-to-door marketing. I think uh, I have it over there somewhere. Pick up a ton of deeds without ever knocking a door yourself. And I taught you how to go out and, and, and train someone else and I would do the training for you. Yeah. yeah. I knocked over 26,000 doors as a, as a sales trainer. Are you serious? Yeah, let me tell you about it. So there's probably some realtors on the line. What we did in, in the early 80s, everyone in California, I was in California at the time, everyone in California turned out to either work for aerospace or was a realtor. And uh, I'm not kidding. I mean, it was very popular. So um, yeah, yeah. My sales trainer that I, that I originally learned from, a guy named Al Tomsick, a really fascinating guy. He'd had uh, over 40 years in the business at the time. And uh, so what we'd do is we'd go out, we would, here, here was our USP. We can teach any real estate company how to double your business in 90 days guaranteed. Okay, so we got a lot of business. What we would do is we would take them out in the field, knock doors after a two-day training, and we would actually show them how, how, how it was done. Well, the good thing is, is they would all do it for a little while, and business would go up. And then they would do their typical realtor thing, which is not too different from the investor thing. A lot of similarities between investors and realtors. For example, they both are really good at not paying their taxes on time. You know what I mean? <laughs> we'll stop it right there. But I mean, I'm not I, talking I, about taxes. <laughs> I am one of those too. I used to be. So um, anyway, they would stop doing it after about a month. So every six months, we could go back in and train them again. It was, it was a great gig. So, But one of the cool things that you did with that is you trained them how to not just do, learn how to do it themselves, but how to get other people to do it. No, I absolutely positively didn't want you to do it because I knew you wouldn't want yeah. to, and you, or you, you would want to, but you wouldn't do it. So I literally had uh, two CDs in there. This was to train what we called the researchers because you couldn't call them door knockers because that's technically a little you know, brass thing that goes on a door uh, as a door knocker. But these were researchers. Yeah, yeah. And, and you just give them my CDs and I, I did all the training for you. It's pretty cool. Which I thought, I thought was really, really good. Yeah. Um, I'm starting to see more people do door knocking now. Yeah, yeah, Isn't that me crazy. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, starting to do. I see more people do post-it notes. Do you remember those post-it notes? I remember we were yeah, we, we blasted them with post-it notes. Yeah, big ones, little ones, all sorts of them. Yeah, 
I, I got a list of questions I want to ask you, Dan. Uh, yeah. But I first want to ask you about um, what was, can you talk a little bit about the philosophy of get it done for you in spite of you? You know, marketing oh, is the most yeah. important thing. And like that, that changed my life, that, that thinking, changing the mindset of like, how can I get someone else to do all of this for me? Yeah. Well, done for you marketing was, was just the thing I saw. Do you, you know Boomershine, right? Yeah, yeah. We've had him on the show. Yeah, so Gary, great guy, good friend. Um, <laughs> when I first saw his presentation, we came, I came in late because Richard Rupp and I didn't like to have too many outside speakers because we wanted to use our content. Well, we had them on, and, and I, went, I said, well, I should probably check on this, see how it's going. And there was, and Gary would tell you the same story. Whoever was on stage, I don't know who it was, but they had a, an Excel sheet showing like you know, 50 cells. It was just the most complicated uh, non-simple presentation ever, which of course, you know, keep it simple is the first law of selling. So I, I talked to him afterwards and go, oh, hey, I got some ideas on how you can simplify this. And, and we worked together and we came up with this program. And Gary and I took that all across the country to all different kinds of people. But done for you. I mean, think about how many things are done for you. I mean, like your hat that you're wearing, good looking hat. Did you make that yourself or was that done for you? Done for me. Have you ever been out to dinner? Yes. That's food done for you. Do you ever, do you, ever, do you grow a lot of plants? Or do you just go to the grocery store, which is groceries, you know, done for you. The more you can do for someone, the better it is. So if there's anyone uh, listening who's in the information business, that's very important what I just told you. You can get a higher price for a done for you than you can for trying to teach it to them. And I did both. <clears throat> we used to set up the done for you by teaching them what they need to do, showing them how difficult it was and say, well, you can do that. It was like 74 things you had to do. Or you can just go back to see Gary and give him a check. Yeah. So done for you. I I, I, I so appreciated that. By the way, always stand when you need more power when you're on the phone. You know, yeah, so I'm standing right now. You got to stand up. You're standing up. I'm standing up. We have so much power. Well, I do want to talk about how to talk to sellers because you are so oh, yeah. good. You know, just this morning, I was doing my group coaching call and I was talking about how to handle objections, Dan. And I remember how you had like a simple three or four step formula for handling objections. Yeah, law number five, six, and seven. Law number five, six, seven? Yes. Yep. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Um, but, so I, I was asking like, what have you been doing since then? You did an infomercial and then, then what'd you do? Well, let me get back to answering the objections though. So we don't leave them hanging. Okay. All so right. I have laws and, 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 and principles that apply. And it's, uh, to me, uh, the practice of sales is an art, but the true working of sales is, is really more scientific. In fact, when you know the laws and principles, you can actually cause a sale at will. Um, and I think I was the only guy who really talked about this in the space. Then. Oh, this is deep. I, we could do a whole podcast on this. Maybe we will. Maybe we'll do a part two, Dan. Okay, great. Talking Maybe. about this because this is so important what you're going to be sharing. Part I mean, of just a little bit right now. Yeah. So anyway, um, when someone gives you an objection, the, the typical thing is to fight with them. And that's not good. You know, I, what I used to do is I'd, I'd, I'd pick out like uh, a, a bunch of big guys in the front row. And I'd go over and say, hold your hand up like this. And they'd all hold their hand down. And I'd push on them. And I'd push on them. And I'd push on them. And every one of them, guess what? As soon as I pushed on them, they pushed back. It's a natural human thing. Uh, so when, uh, when someone gives you an objection, if you push on it, they're going to push back. So they'll push back. It's real simple. What we do is we call them my name, agree, and ask a question. We call them my name to arrest the brain. Joe, when I ask you a question and I call you by name, I've got your attention for a brief moment. Because, see, when I'm sitting there talking to you and you're the seller, I think you're listening to me, but they're going, oh, let's see, i got to get some dry cleaning picked up this afternoon. Wife wants me to go pick up the, the, uh, the groceries. You know, they're out there. But when you call my name, 
ask them a question that you're reasonably sure that they, they, they know the answer to, they can't help but answer at least mentally. And uh, so anyway, call my name, arrest the brain. Agree with them, the most difficult law, always agree, always agree. And, and sometimes that, the best way to agree is just to repeat what they said. When you can't think of something, that's a good thing. So Joe, I think I hear what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the idea is, is you like me because I've agreed with you. I've asked you a question, so I have control. Wouldn't you agree those who, those who ask questions have control? Exactly. There you go. That's another thing that I've learned from you. That's <laughs> why all this stuff's coming back. Like I learned the whole thing about, and this is common sales knowledge, but like uh, when you're new in the business and you're hungry, you're just devouring this stuff. Like I, I have pages and pages of notes from these, these uh, audio CDs that I used to have with you guys. Well, the biggest mistake people make in selling in this business is they think it's about the numbers. Hi, you want to, what do you want for your house? 300, I'll give you 200, your move. I say, look, if that's, what, if that's the extent of your sales skills, do this, I'll save you some time. As you're driving out to see this seller in your truck, just take the offer, crumple it up and toss it out the window. It gets you about the same return as that little song and dance. Instead, if you remember, what I taught you to do is find their pain because yeah. it's, it's because it's not a logical thing. It's an emotional thing. And if I can solve your problem, your pain, then we've got something. If I can't, then I don't deserve your business. Make yeah. sense? Very good. Yeah. All right. So talk about uh, what you've been doing since then. Go back so to that. So, so I did the infomercial. It was a lot of fun. I know now why movie stars are so uh, vain because, I mean, people just kiss their butt. And it was fun to, to be in that situation. Um, but unfortunately, it was 2010, and the Obama economy uh, kind of crushed it. In fact, <laughs> here's, if you remember the time, real estate was in such, such a negative attitude. Real estate, that can't work. Yeah. We couldn't, we were, so we were on a 28-minute, 30-minute uh, infomercial about real estate. And guess what word we couldn't say? Real estate. Because they would change the channel, because they knew it doesn't work anymore. Really? Just like when everyone knew the world was flat, you couldn't convince them otherwise. Isn't that something? When everyone knew that you couldn't break a four-minute mile, everyone agreed to that. Well, that's when most investors were making the most money. My guys, uh, I went back and did a whole bunch of research on, on, on my guys. And by the way, over 70%, 70.6% of my top clients from coaching are financially free today. In, 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 Serious. Yeah, exactly. Isn't that amazing? And when one, of the, one of the main reasons is, is, well, first of all, they kept doing it, okay? Uh, but yeah, during the... When, when, when the crisis happens, when the uh, credit, credit squeeze, you know, the ultimate strategy, the thing that Rube and I created together, how to buy a house with no cash, no credit, borrow at 0%, put 30 grand tax-free in your pocket the day you buy. Yeah, that was, that was what was born there. Did so. you create that with him or was that? Yeah. Yep, we sure did. Would you like to, would you like to know the, the origin of it? Yeah, yeah. I, By I was, the way, this is an amazing course. You guys, it's called the ultimate sales right. machine. Is that what it was? U.S. ultimate strategy. The ultimate strategy. It was all about, mainly, I mean, big, in big picture terms, uh, finding free and clear houses and making owner financing offers. Exactly. It's the ultimate owner financing uh, category. Oh, it, was, it was phenomenal. I still, no, I don't have that course. <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> uh, I got it around because it was so good. And I was one of the first guys who bought it. I remember when it was updated, like Rube kept on updating the spreadsheet. And that's right. He loved those spreadsheets. Uh, how did we come up with it? I was standing on stage in um, California somewhere, and I was talking about the difference, which was just enlightening to these people, uh, illuminating, the difference between cash flow and net cash flow, because you can only spend the net of anything. And it's a big, big difference. You know, you got to take off for, 
for you know all of your vacancies and repair, basically 25%. So this guy asked me this question. He says, hey, Dan, I was showing him how you can make any house cash flow. He says, at the time, he was, he was, this guy was living in uh, San Francisco. And he says, Dan, how do I make that $830,000 house cash flow? And I said, you know, so objection. Well, Sam, call him my name. Um, that's very interesting. Do you mind if I get back to you on that? So call my name is the last question. So at lunch, we, we break, and I started thinking about it. I came back and I said, hey, Sam, tell me about this house. Is it, is it free and clear? And it happened to be free and clear. I go, oh, real simple. Just go in and offer him your price, my terms, or, my, or, or your terms, my price. And that was it. And, it. and it was born. And that's basically what the ultimate strategy this, does. This is so exciting, too, because um, it, it's about giving the sellers choices, right? Exactly. And, and, and when you give them a choice, there, it's always win-win. But when you, I loved how you used to position it or phrase to teach it where it's either price or terms. I'll give you yours or that. And, uh, but you can do this in high expensive markets. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. What percentage of all homes in the U.S. are free and clear? Exactly. Most, most people would guess. Go ahead. Friends at home, take a guess and we'll pause. Wrong. (laughs) It's not 1%, not 2%. It's 35%. Can you believe that? Yeah. When I heard that from you guys, I'm like, whoa, my brain exploded. 35%. Yeah. And that's from the U.S. Census. Yeah. And it, 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 it actually, actually, it's probably more than that because there's a lot of stuff you can't get data on, you know, that doesn't show up in that. So, yeah, there's a bunch of them out there. You just got to know how to go find them. And we figured out how to go find them. And, and so, uh, by the way, if you, if you talk to Roop, uh, tell him hello for us. I will. I will. And I'm I'm I'll call him after this and tell him uh, when this is going to be played so we can go, go listen to it. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, we, st- we still stay in touch and, uh, and he's a great guy and, uh, I wish him well. Such a good strategy though, because it really taught the, the importance of marketing and picking up the phone, answering the phone, talking to people, getting the, if there's motivation or equity, go. If no, there's, if there's equity, equity. Exactly. If there's equity, go. If there's equity, go. Yeah. I totally destroyed this whole thing about, uh, you know, motivated sellers. And my favorite thing would be is I'd, I'd pick someone out of the front row and say, okay, Joe, um, you, you like motivated sellers? Yes. Is that, all you, is that all you go see? Good. Let me ask you, are you married? Yes. Okay. And what's your wife's first name? Victoria. Victoria. So you remember when you first met Victoria, how excited you were? Yes. Okay. Could you imagine calling her back and saying the following? Hey, Victoria, this is Joe. We just met. We're going for dinner tonight. <laughs> Assuming the meal is good and you like the movie, how about a little hugging and kissing afterwards? <laughs> There's no man who would ever be that stupid, right? No. Yet we say... Show me your motivation. I'll come see you. No. What you want to do is you want to go see a qualified prospect, which is someone who could buy if they're properly motivated. The only thing is, can you motivate? And you do that by going through the sales process in the home, looking for emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should only do that with people with equity because, and you, you need to have, you need to be more than a one trick pony. You can't just have a cash offer that you can give them. Right. You need to be able, you need to know how to creatively structure deals. Well, if you don't take that, then maybe this will and structure yeah. different options. Yeah, and, and basically what I did with Sales Mastery for Real Estate Entrepreneurs was I, was I uh, created a bunch of laws uh, that I just created, uh, and one of them was like uh, the law of price and terms, and it's a great one. The goal was to make you make us not look like crazy seminar goers who just read a book about uh, you know, no money down offers because they do look kind of crazy sometimes. I made them look completely logical. Can, can I go ahead and get you on the books for another podcast? Because I have a bunch of questions I want to ask you here. Sure. I want to ask you some more questions about sales mastery. 
because um, okay. that is so good and and people you know need to hear this. I think it's important for the audience. Um, and these principles and these laws that you teach about to- when you're talking to sellers and meeting with them, can I, can I get you, there's only like 5 million trillion people watching right now. Just, <laughs> sure. Can I get I'm, you on it? Okay, good. I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to. Um, you, uh, you, I want to ask you a little bit more about your story here. Um, okay. you, you had an issue with your throat. Yeah, I had throat cancer, um, but uh, I'm all recovered and uh, healthier than ever. And was kind when of was that? What was that? When when was that? Uh, I think it was uh, 15, 16, 17. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, th- two or three years, and you're yeah. you make your income from talking. What I know is isn't isn't that an irony? Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't a smoker or anything like that. So, yeah, it was just. A, but it has like an eighty six percent recovery rate. So if you got to get one, that's a good one to get. And it was really a great um, spiritual experience for me to go through there. Uh, and, and, you know, look at my mortality and, and uh, my, my mission and purpose and all that kind of stuff. Well, good. So, good yeah. And I got a lot, I had a lot, a lot of people praying for me and I appreciate that. Nice. Um, you had a, a stint where you were consulting and working with some really high level internet marketing companies that, for a yeah, period. Yeah, I worked with a digital marketer. I was just with them uh, down at uh, TNC, Traffic and Conversion. Yeah. These guys are hot. It's 7,000 people in the audience. Man, I would love to be on that stage. Uh, but yeah, I did, a, I did a program for them. They had a couple years ago called the number one book system. It was basically how to write a book in a weekend. And it attracted a really cool crowd, you know, kind of older crowd, very successful. Um, and uh, boy, they had some very similar problems that I'm going to talk about uh, here today that, that real estate entrepreneurs do as well. But it was a lot of fun. Good. And um, you've always been a coach at heart. Yes. yes. You know? And I wanted to ask you some questions about that. Like, why coach? You know, there's a lot of other things you could be doing, I'm sure, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Why do you like to coach? What is it about that that kind of attracts you and brings you back to that? Well, you know, it's interesting, and I can tell you a true story about that. So I'm sitting in my office. My wife comes up to me, and she hands me a piece of paper, and I read it and says, ah, you know, something to the effect of 1.1 million. That's how much we, we made. It was the first time I had individually broken a million dollars. And I should have been really excited because, I mean, ever since I was a little boy, um, uh, for those boomers on the call, do you remember Yogi Bear? You know, Yogi was even smarter than a millionaire, right? So I wanted to be like Yogi, smarter than a millionaire. Hey, hey, boo, boo. So um, I had this goal forever. I got this evidence that I achieved it, and it didn't do anything for me. Fast forward about three weeks later, I go to one of our boot camps, and they were five-day affairs. You know, we do an inner game, you know, mindset on day one, and then the, the boot camp the rest of the four days. And literally, I had this walk up to me. Hey, Dan, your program saved my life. Really? Tell me that story. Hey, Dan, look at this beautiful house I bought from my This guy had lived in a, on a single wide, and now he's in this like 8,000 square foot house. Hey, Dan, because of you, I just gave 80,000 to my church. On and on and on. Ah, oh, that's where I find fulfillment. Not in money. I mean, money's great, okay? You gotta have it. It's the lubricant of life makes things go easier, but it's not the thing I grab fulfillment from. Uh, it's helping others. And, you know, I mean, when I'm able to, to do a survey like I did recently, find out that uh, better than seven out of 10 of my old coaching clients are, are basically you know, financially free today. That, that's fantastic. That's phenomenal. That's yeah. really good. And I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised if people just take what you teach them and do it and implement it. Exactly. have success. Exactly. Implement. That's the key. And that's, that's the big, big message I have for anyone listening, especially anyone new. You don't need more information like you think you do. You need more implementation. Mm-hmm. 
implement, not more, not more. In fact, if you want the easiest gig in the world for real estate, just learn how to find great deals. There's lots of ways to do it. I mean, you drive up and down neighborhoods. If you just found great deals, you drag them down to the local RIA. Guess what? Someone will do the rest of the deal for you. So you don't need a whole bunch of, whole bunch of knowledge. Good. All right. One of the things you like to coach a lot of people on, and we've talked about this on the phone earlier, is productivity, master skills. Can you talk a little bit about what, what is that? And um, yeah. how, how do you help people be more productive and, and master these skills? Yeah. So I'm a master coach because I've been doing it forever and I've created a couple of coaching programs. I created the, the program that Rupa and I used uh, and several others since then. So recently we've come up with this thing called master skills, which they're skills which you need to have to be effective. Um, and then there's these things called master skills that give you kind of a turbocharge, even, even more. They're little tiny bite-sized trainings that are ready to implement. What, what are some of the favorite master skills that uh, you talk about? And you, you, we were talking before about that's a little two-minute exercise, I think, Yeah, that, uh, that increases your productivity. Can you flesh that out a little bit too? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me first talk. You, you were starting to ask the question of productivity. So yes, what yeah. is productivity? I can tell you what it's not. It's not being busy and it's not even getting a lot of stuff done. So if you're one of those people who's always saying, I'm really busy and I am getting a lot of stuff done, I would, I would dare you to check and see, are you getting the right stuff done? The right stuff is anything that ties directly to your highest priorities, your number one goals. Because otherwise what happens in life is you'll just be reactive and you'll be very busy reacting to all of the stuff. I mean, it, you know, it, it just goes and goes and goes. And then, you know, every time you expand your business a little bit, it goes bigger. So productivity is be getting stuff done relative to your most important goals. Good. That's, yeah. So the first master skill is called uh, focus. And uh, I, I've got a story for each one of these skills because it, it's kind of fun. This, uh, this lady uh, that I was coaching, A-type personality, hard charger, should come in and just bang, right, in, right into work. Um, the only problem is, is on the way to work, of course, you might have had a fight with a spouse. Uh, you definitely had uh, problems with traffic. You got, uh, you got stuff that comes when you're at the office. You got all of your emails and texts and, and then the news. All of it negative, negative, negative. So I taught her. I said, look, just take two minutes before you begin and take a pause and reflect. Why am I doing any of this anyway? And you want to be able to tie it back to your goals. So what I tell people to do is don't concentrate on the task, but get fascinated by it. And people say, well, Dan, how do you fascinate? Just think again to the time when you were in love. You know, when you first meet somebody, so everything about them is just fascinating. You just look at it and you feel good. That's what you want to do with your task. Um, and then after you've done that, then what I have you do is visualize the successful completion and feel that joy. But then I also have you turn and visualize failure. And yes, there is a lot of power in failure. And then make a choice. Which one do I want? I'll take the success. And then, and then this is a cool trick. Try this with me. Go ahead and smile for about 10 seconds. You ready? I dare you to think of anything negative. You can't do it. Scientific. I'm still smiling. Exactly. Exactly. So that is a, and a smile is a modest form of enthusiasm and enthusiasm is contagious and it comes across on the phone. It's a, just, a, it's a great thing to do. So if you just what do a great, that's a great exercise to do like right before, because I've been doing this for 10 years now and I still get the butterflies when I get ready to pick up the phone and call sellers. Right. Right. What, what are some of the tricks that people can do in their head 
to kind of get over those little fears mm-hmm. um, and, and, and be more focused and in it and, you know, excited. Well, again, take some time to focus so you can get rid of all that negative stuff I just had you, you yeah. that went through. You can't help it. It's like jumping into a pool. You're going to get wet. You know, driving to work or get out of bed, stuff's going to happen. Um, so by, by focusing and what you're really doing is you're looking at the end result. And once you see the end result, then they're your friends. You've served them well. They're happy. You're happy. Mm, what's, not to, what's not to smile about? Okay. Yeah. Good. What are some of these other master skills? Well, let's see here. What do we cover? How many do you have, by the way? What, what's the- I got seven of them. Um, okay. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. Here's one. And this is great. Did you know, do you know uh, Mike Sumsky? Yes. From yeah. it's Seattle. Yes. Is he still yeah. in Seattle? Yeah, yeah, he is. And I, and I live just north of Seattle. So, uh, so this one came from uh, some work uh, I did with, with Mike one day. And it's, uh, it's all about repositioning your work. You want to be able to reuse your work because you're going to be like, you've been in this business, what, how many years? 10, 15, 10, 10 years. Yeah. You're going to use the same stuff over and over. So you might as well not make it just for one thing, but make it uh, over and over again. And there's a lot of fear in this business, especially in the beginning, because when you make a mistake in this business, it can cost you, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I first started, I said, well, let me just for fun, I'm going to keep track of my mistakes. And after I got to about 500,000, I quit counting, okay, because it adds up fast. So one of the problems is, is, is uh, he was having was, uh, and he's a real sharp guy, but it was taking him too long to decide on to buy or to not buy. You know what I'm talking about? So I said, well, let's make a decision tree. And it's really cool looking, but um, <clears throat> maybe I can send you one. You can get it out to your people. But it basically says, what are your, what are your most important things? So the first question is, is it in a good neighborhood? Is it in the, the ideal neighborhood that I want? Um, and, um, you know, is it in, is it in good shape? Because is it a light rehab, in other words? Light rehab in the right place. You know, location, location, location. And so if it says, uh, if yes, you move to the right. If no, it goes down and out. And you're eventually going to just get rid of it. Then the next one is, does it have enough equity? You know, at the time, he was looking for 30% equity. I think he's looking for, for slightly more than that now. Um, and then we just go across. And you'd ask all these questions. And it would say, yes, move this way. No, move this way. So you could literally, Joe, by the time this thing is done, and it took a while to build it, but by the time it's done, you could literally hand it to a newbie and they could go out and buy houses for you because they just, they just follow, follow the arrows. That's good. Yeah, that is good. We talked before about a, a shiny object syndrome. And uh, I love how you look at this and we all suffer from shiny objects, some of us more than others. Um, yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the cure for the shiny object syndrome is... Um, uh, is, is, is completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, do not even put a thing on your plan if you're not going to complete it. Now, I don't know if you were ever at any of my uh, time management uh, days that we did, but it, when I teach time management, it's an all-day thing, and I can guarantee anybody in there, I can find them at least 20 hours they're wasting. And, and the idea is, is if you could take those 20 hours and maybe give 10 to the family and 10 to marketing, imagine how much you know, wealthier you'd be. You know, it'd be great you know, doing, you know, seeing sellers or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, so, the, but the biggest thing, I'm talking 20 hours is nothing compared to this one. Uh, the shiny object syndrome can actually cost you um, not only hours, but weeks, months, years sometimes. And what that is, is, uh, here, I'll give you the example. So this guy came to me and he says, Dan, I'm having trouble. And he said, okay, well, tell me about your, your business. And I was listening and everything sounded good. And all of a sudden I said, ah, I got it. This guy had switched strategies 
from a wholesale to uh, to fix and flip to uh, pre foreclosure to some like that, that, that. It's like three or four different things, and they were all in real estate. So he thought he was still on his path, but he wasn't. Every time you make a change to your to your strategy, you, you know. That's that, that wipes out everything you've worked for. You can't do that midstream. You can do it at the end of the year, but you can't do it midstream. Uh, and just that one thing, uh, well, uh, in, in, in this one case, uh, the guy made an extra $57,000 the next quarter just because he stayed the course, stayed the course. So that's, that's the problem is jumping around too much. So don't put it on your plan unless you fully intend to complete it. I mean, think to yourself. I mean, have you done any of those kinds of things yourself? Yes, all the time. <laughs> right. I'm the worst at it. I stop and I'll say, you know, how can I get someone else to do this for me? The other good question I like to ask is, can I make a million dollars with this new idea? Yeah, that's a really good question. And, and you should ask that. And, and does this really link to, you know, my most important goals and desires and lifestyle? Yeah. yeah. So not everything obviously is about money, but that's a good way to determine whether you should do something or not. Like if you're, if you're going to spend a bunch of time doing this thing and it only the end of the day might make you a few dollars. Well, is that worth your time is when it comes to your business and stuff like that? Can't help but come up with good ideas. And I recommend to everyone to do the following. So grab a pen. If you're not taking notes, you should yeah. write this down, create a folder called good ideas. And then when it comes time toward the end of the year, when you really want to be ready to get doing your next year planning, you can pull those out and they're all ready to go. All these brilliant ideas that you had. But in the meantime, stay the course, make the money. Focus. It's, there's so much power in focus, for sure. Um, I wanted to ask you, we were talking about this on the phone the other day. You, and I don't understand this. Um, so I wrote it down here. You prefer to motivate by pain instead of pleasure. That sounds yeah. kind of weird. What, yeah. what do you mean by that? Well, uh, <laughs> pain just is, is, according to neuroscience, you know, brain, brain scientists, it's, it's more effective. And it works better for me. But there's two kinds of motivation, constrictive and, uh, excuse me, constructive and restrictive. I just made a new word there. That was good. Um, so the constructive motivation says, do this for the joy of this right here. Do this and I'll give you this thing. Uh, the restrictive says, do it or else. So it's the carrot and the stick. And I don't know about you, but, <clears throat> you know, when my wife uh, shows me, you know, the bank balance and it's not where I want it to be, man, I am motivated. Okay, and that's pain. And if you said it the other way, say, well, Dan, you know, if you go out and do this, you know, we can have an extra million dollars. Not so much. But it, when, you, when you hit me with a pain point, uh, that's when I react. What I encourage people to do is literally take a page, a full page and say, if I fail at this goal, here's what's going to happen. And I mean, like, uh, uh, it's not like me. Uh, the, the wife would be upset. Uh, we could end up in the street, lose the house, you know, lose the dog. I mean, just all sorts of terrible things just to run through quickly, just to get me in touch with it. And, okay, I see. And then I have you choose which one you'd prefer. And always, you, of course, you want to choose the good one. But that pain, boy, it'll, it'll get you going. It'll get you going. Yes. Good. All right. Um, one of the things that we talked about also was um, how do you plan your weeks? And you execute the stuff that you plan for the week. You call it winning in the week and the power of three. Yeah. What does that mean? Winning in the week and the power of three, really, really good stuff. We are always trying to teach people or do, do teach people how to create what we call a CAP, critical action plan. And uh, quite simply, if, if you don't do this, it doesn't mean that your business doesn't require it. It just means that, well, let's still be friends after I say this. 
you're not quite competent. Okay. In other words, you're incompetent at your job if you're not working off a plan. Let me, let me give you an example. So it's, 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 it's visualize, uh, make a plan, plan your work, work your plan, and then, you know, check your results and re- repeat. Imagine what your house would look like if, there, if, if that didn't happen, if there was no written plan for your house. See, everything on the planet that man has made comes by that process. Your automobile, okay? Um, your pants you're wearing, your shoes, uh, everything you see around you. Someone had a vision, then they made a plan, and then they planned their work, then they worked their plan. So when it comes to weekly, and this is a whole bunch of training just condensed, you want to take time every week to do your weekly planning. I recommend Sunday night. You can do it Friday morning, whatever you like, at the end of the week, just before the beginning of the week. And what you do is you look at it your week, and you want to identify and create open spots in which to put things to do. Uh, called time blocking, which, by the way, I turns out I actually uh, coined that term. I didn't even realize it. It wasn't a word. Time before. blocking. I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So block your time, be a time blocker. So what you're doing is you're creating all these time blocks. All you need is three for 45 minutes each. Okay. Can you do three? I think so. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone can do three. So you're going to take your big pile of stuff. So imagine that you chop down this giant tree and you can't, can't do anything with a giant tree. Uh, so if you want to use it to, to make wood, you need to cut it up into little bite-sized pieces, right? So that's what you've got, these little bite-sized tasks. So you might say, okay, I've got a spot at, at eight. I'm going to do one then. And the reason you want to do 45 minutes is you want to work for 40, have the alarm go off. And in the last five minutes, guess what you do? That's when you make sure you're ready to go next time. Because if you just leave it, okay, it's kind of like, you know, rode, rode that horse hard and put away wet. It'll take you 15, 20 minutes to figure out where to start next time. So you want to work diligently with no interruptions. What kind of interruptions? No interruptions. So that means uh, if there's smoke coming out of it or, or flames, then you can pay attention to it. But other than that, you keep your door locked. You just head down, get this thing done. Um, and again, only 45 minutes. Um, and, and then what you'll find is that if you can just do three a day, everything is good. And the reason we say it's winning in the week is because instead of winning in the day, anything can happen in a day. And you can have some sort of emergency blows your day away. But there's no reason to ever blow away a week. So what you do is you get down to the end of the week, whatever that is for you, and you look at your stuff. If you haven't got them all done, guess what? You got to work extra. Because otherwise, it'll slip and the next one will slip, the next one will slip. In fact, if you look at you know, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, uh, probably in the old days, but not, not lately. You ever look back in January and say, oh, my gosh, my key goals that I wanted to get done this year didn't happen. Okay? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't lose it in December. You lost it in the third week of January. In fact, speaking of January, there's this annual time of year that the entire country goes out and sets new goals, right? January 1st. How many do you think? actually achieve their goals any idea oh it's really low one out of twelve percent one yeah. out of twelve yeah eight percent eight percent in fact three out of four people don't even remember their goal by february 1st don't even remember it and i used to say this is like i used to show this uh, set it and forget it you know those the rotisserie they set it and forget it that's that's good for chicken but bad for goals you don't want to do that you want to always have it in your face and that brings up uh, the, the 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 last one yeah you know, to talk about and that is uh the gig i don't know if you ever saw the gig it's the goal implementation graph and it it guarantees yeah i remember that you remember it yeah yeah talk about it well it here here's the guarantee you can achieve any goal in record time 
guaranteed if you use this technology. Sounds a little bit um, boastful, doesn't it? Well, it's true. I've yet to have any of my goals, not when I say achieve, I mean like within, you know, you hit the 90, 95%. doesn't have to be 100%, but 90, 95 is close enough. You know, it's an A, you know, 90% gets you an A. And uh, what it basically does is it takes advantage of the way the human mind works. It's actually known as a cybernetic mechanism. You don't need to know that, but I like to say it because it sounds cool. Um, it, it's going to ask three questions. What's my goal? How am I doing? What's my appropriate action? So you don't even need the graph uh, if you just take those, those three questions. Once again, what's my goal? Oh, yeah, I want to get three houses sold this month. How am I doing? <laughs> I haven't sold any yet. Ugh. What's my appropriate action? Get to it. And what happens is as you go and you do this every single day, it only takes a, a minute or two to fill it in. Every day as you get out there toward day 27, 28, guess what happens? You get really creative. <clears throat> Why? Because the creative subconscious part of your mind goes to work and it's going to remind you of stuff. You're going to wake up and go, oh, yeah, remember that guy who called three weeks ago had the house and we didn't do it, but let's go see him. And it's amazing. So use those three and, and you two can get it done. Yeah, very good. Very yeah. good. And uh, when we're offline here, um, let's, let's schedule another podcast. You got it. You had those seven rules. I think they were right. Seven laws. Um, keep it simple. Keep them saying yes. Show and then tell. Uh, let's just do a podcast on that. I mean, yeah, that, that is such good stuff. If you only have the seven laws, you will sell much, much better than you do without them. Sales is the most important skill in this business. It certainly is. And it, it's the million dollar skill. And, you know, if I wish there was a, a university I could send my kids to that just taught sales. Yeah. yeah unfortunately, I mean, universities don't have a the division of millionaire either. So, yeah. <laughs> what should you do? It's the most important skill in any business, no matter yeah. your, what venture you're in. Learning, learning how to use sales with your kids, with your wife. Yep. At church, you know, in a good way, right? Not exactly. talking about slimy manipulation and stuff like that. But Right. Well, yeah, because the word, yeah, a lot of people um, reject sales because they don't understand it. I mean, the word itself comes from a very old Icelandic word, selja, S-E-L-J-A, which means to give service. So really? if you're giving service, you're, you're a salesman. Yes. That's a great attitude to have. I like that a lot. Yeah. So we will do another podcast about that. Great, great. I've, now, Dan, you've been gracious enough to offer something really cool to our folks that are listening. Yeah, Talk yeah. about that. Yeah, so, you know, does anyone out there need, need some help with their business? I'll be more than happy to give you a, a free call. So um, my, uh, I'll give you my uh, email. Uh, nice. Dan, Dan W, as in winner, winner, chicken dinner. Dan W. Duran, D-O-R-A-N. I say it like okay. it's a U, but it's an O. Dan W. Duran at gmail.com. Or you can call or text me at 360-631-1075. 360-631-1075. Nice. And yes, I We will have that in the show notes. Great. For all of y'all that are on the road, you're driving, you're walking, you're running, and you're listening to this, we will have that in the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com. If you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com and then the search bar, do a search for Dan, D-A-N, or Duran, D-O-R-A-N, you'll find that. But could you give us the email and phone number one more time? Sure, Dan W. Doran, D-O-R-A-N, at gmail.com or 360-631-631. 1075. And let me, a couple of tips. So if you're brand new in the business and you don't even know how to spell marketing, probably not a lot I can help you with. All right. But uh, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody. Uh, but if uh, I can, if this is a, normally a $500 value. You're going to get it absolutely free. And uh, I can guarantee that you will get a breakthrough or your money back. 
Of course it's free. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> exactly. That's free. I think, I think that's awesome, Dan. And um, I sure appreciate that. I know a lot of people listening to this, watching it, are going to take you up on that. Hopefully, I don't uh, overwhelm you with too many uh, phone calls and emails. Well, we do what we can do, and then we put them uh, on a waiting list. But, yeah, um, we'll, we'll give it a shot because I, I just love to, uh, to give and to help people change their lives for the better. Nice. All right. So, guys, stay tuned. We're going to have Dan on again for talking about sales mastery. This is going to be uh, really, really good. I'm looking forward to that. And um, again, just in case you need that phone number again, Dan's phone number is 360-631-1075 or his email is dan, D-A-N-W, Duran, D-O-R-A-N at gmail.com. And uh, thanks, Dan. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. I've had a blast, man. Thanks for taking me back in time. And and, uh, let's get together and do some more stuff. I'll follow up with you and we'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Go get the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com. And leave us a review. If you like this show, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, leave us a review. Let us know what you think. I'd really appreciate it. And if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, give us a thumbs up, give us a like, please share it. Comment down below as well. Let us know what you think. Do you have any questions for Dan? I'll send them to him. The comment on the video or on the Facebook here, um, or on the podcast website, there's like three or four different ways you could be watching this or listening to this right now. Appreciate you all very much. And we'll see you guys later. Take care. Bye-bye. 